This is a production of the AJ Podcast Network. with another episode of the Passage Home Podcast starring the Dr. Stanley Russian and I'm your co-host Bax Civilian. Now please visit us on www.linktree.com forward slash Passage Home Podcast. There you can find all of our links where you can listen to our shows. No, don't forget to ask Alexa to play the Passage Home Podcast from iHeartRadio. And while you're at it, don't forget about my other podcast starring my boy AJ, where me, myself, and my newest co-host, Anne-Marie. The name of that podcast is called I Can Relate to That. You can look us up on www.linktree.com forward slash AJ and Bax. No, don't forget to ask Alexa to play I Can Relate That podcast on iHeartRadio. If you are interested in getting a hold of us or interested in sponsoring our show, go ahead and drop us a line at passagehomepodcast at gmail.com. Now, without any further ado, Dr. Stanley Russian, how you doing today, sir? Amazing. By the grace of God, everything is amazing. Always. And, uh, Yes. So today, I'm 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 honored to have a close friend, a confidant, uh, a brother, a spiritual brother. Uh, and we bounce a lot of stuff off each other, and he's also a patient of mine. He's one one of my n- number one receivers of my medications and my nutraceuticals. Without further ado, I want to introduce Andre Von Gibson, Sr., also known by his stage name as Antar. And we will, as as we relate to his life and what he has to bring to the table, uh, we're going to include in the in the description some of his world-renowned music that he's done. Um, without further ado, I want to introduce and, and ask the first question of Mr. Bard Gibson to relate to us a brief bio. And I, I say brief it's for a purpose because he would take up the whole show as a lot of my guests. Uh, Antar, it's on you. Okay. Well, first of all, I am humbled uh, uh, to be uh, on the podcast. Uh, I've been listening, and I'm blown away at the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding uh, from the principles that you've had on the show. And uh, Dr. Stanley is one of the most honorable, humblest people I've ever met uh, in my life. Uh, he, He gives from his heart. Uh, when he heals people, he prays over it and uh, from the most high. And a lot of people that I know uh, that have horrible conditions are now, he- now healed, and as well as myself. Uh, I've, I've had MS and sugar diabetes, and he has helped me without dealing with the former pharmaceutical companies. He has helped me address these issues. 
And I am in far better shape now than I've ever been uh, since initially I had to deal with these uh, uh, problems. Um, I'm, uh, my name is Andre Von Gibson. Uh, I'm known as Antar. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I, I grew up uh, uh, in church. Uh, my father was a Baptist minister, and he spoke like Dr. King and sung like Nat King Cole. <laughs> so when I would see the response that he would get uh, from the church members and the intensity and the sincereness uh, uh, of his projection, uh, I, I, of course, being the only son, I have five sisters, I wanted to be like my father. And I didn't know that I was going to end up being a singer. I was singing in church and traveling choirs and all that. So then, um, ironically, at that same time, when I was a young man, uh, he was uh, booking... Uh, uh, Mahela Jackson, Sam Cook, the Soul Stirrers, uh, at, at the churches uh, uh, in St. Louis, uh, especially his. And I remember uh, the gospel music, uh, if it wasn't uh, for brothers like my, my father and, and uh, various different people in the, uh, in the industry that understand marketing, uh, that was the outlet for gospel singers uh, back in the 50s and the 60s and, uh, and even the 70s. Uh, they would do pastor anniversaries and the whole church would show up for this minister and, and vice versa. They would do that throughout the South and they would have these stars like the Soul Stairs and Sam Cook. And ironically, I ended up found out that Sam Cook was my second cousin. But um, through my journey uh, in St. Louis, I became the youngest singer. Uh, you know, Andre Von Gibson, he used to call me Slim and Trim. Mr. Koo <laughs> was performing at uh, the various different venues when I was 18, 19, and 20 years old and the very day that i was supposed to sing my new song uh to the public uh, on uh, june excuse me uh, december 22nd uh my father had heard it loved it and the very day that i was supposed to uh, sing it uh, he passed away uh and i wasn't able to finish i wasn't able to do it but uh what it did it it, it uh, skyrocketed me into uh uh, leaving and uh, being away from there and trying to create uh, my own path out here. And I ended up running into some very powerful people. I ended up uh, uh, meeting uh, uh, and performing uh, with Eddie Kendricks. I uh, actually booked him in 1983 at the NCO Club in uh, German, Colorado, opened up his show uh, twice because he had a surrounding date. And I got to hear a lot about the truth about Motown, what really happened. Uh, in that era and what was going on. Then, ironically, uh, Otis Williams in 1995, because Ollie Woodson, uh, one of the greatest singers I've ever known, uh, was a friend of mine. He used to bring me on stage at the Jack the Rapper convention, which was a black music convention in Orlando and in Atlanta. Uh, it would go on for four days, all the stars, actors, music uh, directors, uh, 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 record labels, all of them would show up there uh, to see who would be the, uh, the the new artist. So Jack the Rapper uh, put his picture on the back of my album because Mrs. Uh, Jackie Wilson heard me uh, singing at SeaWorld in Orlando and said that I sound just like her husband and asked what I do uh, a Memories of Jackie uh, album uh, so we could raise funds to help purchase a mausoleum uh, for the late, great Jackie Wilson because Stevie Wonder and the city of Detroit all participated in this, and my album was used as a catalyst to raise other funds. And the name of the album is 
Memories of Jackie by Antar, A-N-T-A-R. Uh, you can Google that. But um, even to this day, it is still selling, which was 30, uh, what, 34 years ago. And um, and then uh, recently, about four years ago, I finally did some on my own. And the album is called Antar because I didn't want to lose my old pants. <laughs> and uh, and so it's on Amazon. But let me, uh, let, me, let, me, let me stop you before you get too far. Okay. You you left out one thing. What did they do with the funds? How much did the album make? And what did they do with part of the funds that came from the sales of the Jackie Wilson uh, album? Well, uh, the album sold over 11 million copies. Uh, unfortunately, in this industry, when you don't write the songs, uh, the people that put it out there, they make all the money uh, through recoupables and then give you 5% uh, royalties. And uh, ironically, I never made a dime. And the mm-hmm. proceeds was used to purchase the mausoleum for the late great uh, Jackie Wilson because he was buried in a pauper's grave uh, in New Jersey. And uh, when Jack the Rapper started the fundraiser, it was a huge thing uh, and everybody participated. And the album, once again, was used as a catalyst. And uh, they dug him up and then they put him in a grave in Detroit, uh, mm-hmm. Westbury. And uh, and that's where the funds uh, went to uh, purchase the mausoleum. I think it was over 76000 uh that mm-hmm. was utilized uh, for that. There was a beautiful mm-hmm. uh, mausoleum. I was sitting with uh, Muhammad Ali, and uh, he was sitting next to me uh, along with uh, Sabrina. Jackie's daughter, who I knew, ironically, didn't even know it was Jackie Wilson's daughter. But we, <laughs> I used to date her, her uh, friend when I was 16 in St. Louis. And, uh, and, 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 uh, and then I see her again uh, 14 years later at the uh, burial site in Detroit. And she said, Antar, you're Andre? <laughs> so I said, yeah, I mean, it was a, talk about a small world. And uh, and then, ironically, she ended up moving from Malibu, uh, California, to uh, Las Vegas. I I seen her again a few years ago. But um, so the proceeds was used to purchase the mausoleum. Now he's buried respectively. Matter of fact, his son, uh, uh, Bobby uh, Wilson, looks exactly like him, danced just like him. Um, You know, he doesn't sing like him, but he's got a nice voice. Well, I was introduced to him by Amir Bayon, which is a mutual friend of uh, uh, me and Stans, he's a cool, cool and gang's brother. Uh, he wanted to be, uh, by the way, Stanley on on the podcast, but he had to go out of town. I wanted to know if he can uh, hook up with you, uh, maybe tomorrow next week, and and do no that. Problem. And um, and so I I, I met uh, Bobby uh, Wilson. Uh, he was doing the Legends thing uh, down here in Las Vegas, and when I met him, I, I couldn't believe it because he had the uh, the video of Jackie Wilson, the background vocalist, and then you had him on stage with the set with white women background vocals doing the exact same thing. You cannot tell them apart. And so when he found out what I did for his dad, uh, he thanked me, hugged me, and then he flew to Detroit and took a, a picture of the mausoleum, and now he used it as a part of his EPK package. So uh, mm. I, I I feel honored. Uh, to give a man that was probably one of the greatest entertainers on the planet that Michael Jackson and Prince, when they were young, used to go and watch. And I was honored uh, because he catapulted me by him being gone and gave me my opportunity to be to do what I, I love uh, 
do, which is uh, to sing and impact people. Mm. So I'm going to have to kneecap you right here because, like I said, your resume will take up and bio will take up the whole show. <laughs> uh, we, I'm going to bring up some other things, but um, I we, we covered some key things. So now uh, for my audience out there, uh, and to keep up with the motif of the show, um, I want to ask you that you know he you the, Andre I had to do research to qualify him as a as a participant in in this podcast, and he just made it by 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 hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What one of the qualifications is that uh, for the next question I'm going to ask? What did it feel like when you first landed in Africa, and what did what did you feel spiritually? Um, I felt like I died and went to heaven um, mm. because, you know, being a uh, black man in this country, uh, you always. Uh, uh, realize that you've been kidnapped and you're adapting to being kidnapped for the last 400 years. And so your connection to the spiritual proudness and, and power that we had uh, in Africa has dissipated uh, because they have uh, uh, taken over your mindset and, and you have to emulate them in order for you to survive in their environment. And then, then they still kill you. And so, and, and then take you out and take your kids out and so uh, uh, the compensatory uh, reparation and restitution that's owed to our people, even if they started now for 400 years, it wouldn't be enough. So going to Africa, uh, being in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, I'd never been overseas before. So uh, going to Europe, I've never been to Europe. I was 43 years old at the time, and I had my own Temptations group, a tribute to Temptations group. So I, I went there. And uh, when I went to Europe, I went to Switzerland and I went to Belgium uh, before I got to Madrid. And in my journey, uh, I was so blown away because in the airports, all you see is black pictures of Jesus, uh, the black Madonna, uh, all these uh, aristocrats, all these important uh, uh, black uh, people uh, in Europe, you, you know, uh, pictures of, uh, of black Russians, a picture of, of uh, black Ar I didn't realize that that uh, 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 Europe was conquered uh, by uh, the Moors for 700 years. I didn't know the impact that it had uh, on that society. So uh, uh, when I got to Mallorca, Spain, which is in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, an island called uh, Mallorca is Mallorca, Mallorca, and Ibiza, the Canary Islands. And um, I used to wonder how is it that uh, all this uh, sand uh, would be all over uh, my uh, vehicle uh, and all over the country? You'll see this intense Sahara a desert uh, uh, a wind and, and the sand from it. And, and that's how close <laughs> I was to Africa. And the uh, Nigerians would come over there and do their thing. And, and uh, so you had everybody uh, from various different black countries trying to act like they were American blacks because uh, American blacks uh, loved so deeply, not only in, in Europe, but uh, in Africa, 
uh, because they're looking at us uh, to be the, their future and the, the ultimate uh, utopia is, is to, to, to act like us and be like us because they wear the, the, the baseball caps. They, they, so the reason why I found out because a, a lot of the females when I'd be singing, they, they, they were telling me about the other guys that was not American but had them thinking one, that they were. Yeah, what of these? And we are uh, the, the black women and black men is beloved. If they knew how much they were loved, they would never be in America. You know, America has lied uh, about who we are. We're the first uh, uh, footprint everywhere on the earth, and and uh, our our spiritual connection uh, to Africa uh, it, it was almost as if there was an abortion. You know, we we were we were taken away from our our home. We were taken away from our mother country. So we've had the best of us uh, from being uh, our women being raped and our men being raped to, to uh, demasculate the black man for him to ever think about trying to be free. Uh, that uh, inferiority complex and that way to survive, uh, it took away from the masculinity of the man because they had us wearing dresses. And the women always in history go for the conquerors. So our sisters had to adapt to a kidnapped environment just to survive. And then we still was not able to maintain the power of black power because without your family, you have no power. So they separated us like animals. And uh, so to be in Africa and to be around Africans, and uh, I was so blown away. I actually, when I would not be performing, I would go to a place and uh, I would start speaking on this hill. There were a number of Nigerians, people from uh uh, Ghana and all that was there, and they was listening, and I was letting them know that we miss the idea of being what a home is. We have no idea, you know, to to live in captivity, you just survive uh, and adapt and take care of your family and make sure they're taken care of. But then you're in an environment that's not conducive for us to be here. So to meet a uh, Stan and Doctor Stan and to listen to his journey and the impact uh, that he has had on Africans and on, on Americans and, and trying to get us to understand that they've been murdering and killing us and destroying us for 400 years. When are we going to wake up and realize that uh, no matter what we do and how we act, they can't stand us because they know the truth about who we are. And so you're able to spread your wings and feel like a human being when you, uh, because I'm giving you a prime example of what I was speaking about. My, I was with my wife at the time, and uh, so this uh, Spanish lady uh, uh, came up to us. She was an older woman, about 60-something years old at the time. And uh, she uh, couldn't speak the uh, English, but she was asking my wife to help her uh, with her buttons on the back of her neck. Now, in this country, in this racist, polarized country, that, that, that seems in America, that, that, you know, that's a big question. We were shocked that she would feel that comfortable. And so she straightened her button out, and then we realized we was no longer in polar, polarized races apart the United States. So we were, we were in, a, in a country that, that uh, you can just be your total self. Uh, there were so many different colors there uh, uh, that nobody was tripping off crayons like they do over here. And, right, and right. so... Hold, hold on a second. Max, get... Um, I'm, I'm going to uh, ask you if you have any questions in a minute, but on what Antar is saying, 
Uh, let me put it like this. When you go to Europe, they don't have something that we have. And he just described it. They don't have personal space. And you, you can get up close to people and touch people. I, w- I was in Belgium and I was yes. riding a, a train. And this train was a, a, had to be about 60, 70, 80 years old. And so the car, the seats, uh, when you sit across from somebody, it was so close together that you literally had to sit with your leg between somebody else's leg on both sides in order to to, to sit down. Right. And and the people never, it didn't mean anything to them because they weren't into to personal space. Oh, you touched me. Oh, you too close to me. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm I'm sitting on a train across from a woman who was in full uh he he job he job right uh and with a veil over the slit in the uh, the that she had for her eyes right dressed from head that so you couldn't even see her shoes. No. And stuff and her husband was sitting next to her and he looked like uh if there was a white um um uh, no he looked like a a Muslim that would be in a picture with a sword one of those big swords that was fat at the at the end and narrowed down towards the handle right. the one that they used to cut people he looked exactly like that guy. As I I sat there, as I sat there and I sat down, my leg was between her leg. And as the train rattling back and forth, my leg is going back and forth, touching her legs (laughs) on both sides. (laughs) So you didn't know the ISIS was going to deal with you right there. (laughs) And and so check check this out. This guy never looked at me. And I said, wow. there, I was sweat, sweating like like an animal. <laughs> and so, <laughs> she never looked at me, and I wow. could see her. I, I could see her eyes through the slit, and she never looked at me. And so, wow. uh, but I just wanted to share that. But they don't have personal space. They do not have that personal space. They, they do not have the polarization. Uh, uh, I. Uh, I I do uh, do remember though they did have uh, problems with the Africans that were uh, uh, coming over uh, 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 to Spain at, at that particular time because there was a a lot of uh, of uh, pain in the country because they were divided and uh, they were they were fighting against uh, each other. Actually, uh, the compound uh, uh, the King Juan Carlos compound uh, in uh, 1999, I was able to to be in a flat on the beach in Kalamayor and, and, uh, 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 the, uh, the police that was guard, the guardian Seville that was guarding the compound where the King was always had their laser lights, uh, on, on the apartment that I had, uh, next to the compound. It was, it was, it was pretty deep, but, uh, the, the people, the Euro- the Europeans that I've met, I have never, uh, I, you know, when you have a, a certain understanding about your oppressor, you don't know, uh, that uh, they didn't start off like that. Um, uh, uh, what I experienced in Europe, I would speak about 
the various different things that happened to our people over here. And I had grown men, Italians, Greeks, and all trying to get, you know, get me to come to their dinner and their family. And they literally cried uh, uh, in front of me. Uh, uh, and they could not believe the reality of our existence uh, in this uh, kidnap, where we were kidnapped at. And uh, I, I suggest to every black man and woman, uh, please follow Dr. Stan's lead about visiting our home. If you don't know uh, where your home is, then that means you're stuck in the middle of captivity because you have no understanding of your origin and the various different uh, cultures and, and, and things that we have come from that, that cause our spiritual proudness and our connection uh, to the creator, they, they, they detach that. And that's why there's an anything goes mentality over here because it's an amoral scenario over here in this country. So it's, uh, it's very deep. When I used to see the sisters, uh, the beautiful uh, African sisters, I was like, oh, my God. All these years we've been away from home. And, and most of our people don't even know what it's like to feel at home. They have no idea. So I believe that, that the United States, uh, uh, when they pay the reparation and restitution, they owe uh, every uh, black person at least a million dollars. Uh, to not only be able to go travel to their home, but to find out their roots. And to, to see uh, uh, some lost probably uh, family members is healing for us. You know, we we suffer from PTSD. Is that that's when you know you uh, you know uh, people come back from war uh, and, and being embattled, and then they and they never uh, get themselves uh, together and recoup. And the ones that do, they had the medical uh, for that, but we didn't. We don't have that. We've been uh, uh, murdered, raped, used for free labor for four hundred years, and then Jim Crow. And, and and then they burned down our cities of all the progressive brothers that did become great businessmen. They burned us up. When we go to fight their wars, they burned us up in the uniform. So the United States has showed us that they don't want us here, even though we were the first first footprint here. And because the indigenous Indians were our brothers, the Seminole Indians was our brothers. You know, I want people to look this up and go to the second uh, Seminole Indian War. That was, that was between 1834 and, and uh, 1841, seven years. United States, Mon and Monroe, all of them spent so much money uh, trying to, because uh, Florida was uh, uh, colonized by Spain. And so the Seminole Indians was a black Indian tribe. It used to be the Creek Indians in Georgia. And so the ex-slaves, the slaves would run away from, from Georgia and South Carolina and come across that border. And when they got to um, uh, Miami, the, the Spanish and the Seminole fought the uh, white slave catchers. And so it got so bad that the uh, army, the Union Army, uh, was, was, was sending regiments down there. And, you know, 20,000 at a time, and sometimes maybe 100 would come back because those brothers and uh, Seminoles and the ex-slave, they, they, they had a master guerrilla warfare in those swamps. So the United States at that time was spending millions and was losing. So for the first time, we should know that we fought them back. And, and look up John Horse. John Horse was one of the greatest warriors for our people ever in history. Please look up the Second Seminole War with the United States government, and you'll see that the United States had a peace treaty with us and because we were whooping that head. I mean, we were whooping them down. And uh, so it's very necessary. 
it's very necessary for our people to know that no, we were men and 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 our women and we fought against our oppressors and we beat their ass. Excuse my French, I'm so sorry. But uh so, I, I just so, wanted to so let me ask you a question. Uh, yeah. the, the the last question and yeah. and uh and the last question from what you've seen over there, um uh, what can you suggest to the average black daughter who may come aware to let them know can thrive over there? And you, well, you like my junior James Bond, you can thrive anywhere. <laughs> I, I can tell you, I had no, I didn't know no Spanish, uh, but I was, I was, uh, uh, I was the agent that had me over. He could speak no Spanish, but. Uh, they loved African Americans. They they loved the, uh, the the group. Uh, 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 you, 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 if you can adapt to this racist uh, society over here, people that don't have that racism in them and they don't don't have that insecurity about themselves, and when they know the truth about uh, who we are, they're amazed that we're there. So it's nothing but love there. I was voted by six hundred acts from Australia, from uh, England, from North. Ireland, all over the country that had different tribute acts to the Beatles, uh, to, to, to the, uh, the Drifters, or the Platters, whatever. Uh, I was blessed to be voted number one each year that I was there for three years. And I I had to take the chip off of my shoulder. Because when I got there, you know, uh, during the sound check, I had my do-rag on, you know, I'm, I'm yoked up and I'm looking at, you know, uh, the white folks the way we looked at them over here, you know. And, and 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 the, and the the brothers that was in the groups of the, uh, the young brothers and the drifters and the planters that been living a good life there, they said, Anton, no, man, it's not like that, man. It's lovely here. I said, no, they keep looking at me, man. <laughs> and 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 it, it was like uh, four, five hundred, you know, because they were just getting ready to eat and we were doing our sound check. So I would look back at them and then I realized that they would look. They was he said, man, they're blown away that you're from America. And that you're the tip, they don't care nothing about nothing else, but they're, they're happy to be here. I'm like, wow. So I, I had to take my guards down a little bit because I was not in America no more. I was not in hell. I was not in prison. No matter how much money you make in this country, you're still considered second class and a, and, and a nigga in their mindset. They don't know. Michael Jordan made a comment. He said, no matter how much money that you make in this country, country, the uh, uh, racism is saps the soul out your body. And uh, and so your soul is your essence, you know, your spiritual understanding. If you're not free enough to fly, then that means that you're trapped uh, in the mindset of your oppressor. And so oh, anything that... So wait a minute. Wait yes. a minute. So that brings us to the end, because yes. what you just said that if, if you're trapped, it means you're caged. Yes. That's our closing song for for this. If Vax don't have a question, we got two minutes. Well, you know what? My question is, I feel like it's going to take over two minutes. But what I will say is this, is that um, the fact that every time you bring somebody on this show and they keep talking about the love that we get is just marvelous because it shows that there was somebody or something or some entity that was always um, trying to distract us from wanting to go home by just... Uh, creating this false image or this false ideology is that our people over in Africa don't really like us. So exactly. So the fact that every time I hear that, that I hear that is not true, it just it makes I was gonna go anyways, but it just makes me more 
warm and anxious to want to go. They love us. Anyway. They love us. They want to be like us. Yeah, definitely. They, 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 and they love us and they feel so bad, you know, because see, we never had a ship to come save us. You know, yeah. we had to save save ourselves with the most high. And yeah. so, so, so it's very powerful. But no one thing that if Africa was as bad uh, as what they tell you, you wouldn't have the Chinese and all the Europeans over there. Uh, every dime that they had in Europe that made them rich and famous and class, all that, the Moors gave, uh, provided that. They conquered Europe for 700 years uh, because the white man was living in uh, cages and living in barns, even the kings, until the Moors taught them how to be civilized, to walk upright and had uh, uh, paved streets and lanterns and, and, and libraries and stuff that they created. So any culture uh, that they have is from us. Right. Right. That's an awesome thing. And earlier you said something that was that was really profound and it's a little bit it's not off topic because you, it's something that you said. But I have some listeners that actually are dealing with um, MS. And you said Dr. Stanley helped you with with yes. whatever the case may be. Um, let me ask you a question. How did that affect your cognitive ability with singing and you doing your music and your creativity? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I went from from concentrating on a lot of times when you're singing. What are you in? Let me let me make this real quick for you, Andre. Before, and I'm not tooting my horn. It's all by the grace of God. But, but when I met him, he hadn't sung in 30 years. Go from there, Andre. Yes, and right now, I'm as confident as I am, and not even practice. I can hit a note right now that still blow the caps off my mind. Said, so you got a second? Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> I was born by the say because people that deal with that disease they lose a lot of their cognitive function they lose a lot of their ability to think yes it and, seems like and, and what dr stan has done uh there's an alter, uh, alternative uh to the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies and doctors are just like mechanics you know and, and when you come in and even if everything is going good they're going to find something wrong and then charge the insurance company when you deal with dr <laughs> yeah. stan he deals with the most high and uh, he studies and he cares and he prays. And uh, I, I went from uh, having problems, with, you know, the mucus not being able to sing. And, and so now uh, I can stand up in front of anybody and even opera singers and, and, and work it out and, wow. uh, and have no insecurity about it. Who are you wow. singing your next song with right now? Huh? Who are you singing right now cutting your next album? Oh, oh, uh, 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 at this particular time, uh, uh, Christopher uh, Williams and, and, and uh, uh, Cool and the Gang and all of them, we're, we're going to be doing a, a project together. 
uh, helping uh, our youth in the United everybody forgot about Flint. And so we're, we're putting uh, something together called uh, Kool-Aid, you know, being able to help our, our people. So that's what we're concentrating on doing, uh, a compilation album together to try to get people to pay attention to the fact that that's our future that's dying. Mm. Wow. So we're going to have to close out on that note <laughs> and, and bring this brother back. Definitely. Oh, my Thank God. That would, it'd be a for, pleasure. For, for that rendition. Definitely. Um, uh, uh, please like and subscribe. Please look at the description and we're going to list some of, of Andre's uh, Antar's music and, and and his videos. It's on you Thank guys. You. Thank you so much, Dr. Sin. And oh, no problem. And there we have it with another episode of the Passes Home podcast starring the Dr. Stanley Russian. And once again, we want to thank Antar for being on the show with that lovely, lovely rendition of singing that uh, song. Um, he's a strong brother. He has a lot of experience and um, you're just a blessing to touch the microphone of the Passage Home Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a great day, great evening, and may God be with you. And God bless everybody. Thank you again. Yeah, you're welcome. Beyond the stars, beyond the sun. Remember when it all was fun. All I had to do was call you come. And now I can't feel like all I'm numb. Uh, and you don't. Hold me down, you hold me back Back then I wish you would've showed me that All we do is fight, go tick for tack This my last night This is a production of the AJ Podcast Network